Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Howl. Some big news this week as the Howl is no longer just a part of the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. We can now be found as part of the Off The Ball Network. So thank you to all the members of the Off The Ball Network. Many of them are colleagues on Nothing But Net. And a huge shout out to Chris LeBron for bringing us on. I want to remind our listeners that this show is sponsored by BetUS. BetUS is the newest sponsor of the Off the Ball Network. They have the fastest payouts in the industry and offer a 125% sign-up bonus when you use promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps at sign-up. Head over to BetUS.com to sign up today. Lots to touch on this week. We are going to start with Iowa basketball. We have two games, a series against the Charge, and then we're going to jump into Wolves and Hawks. Now let me just start by saying, for anyone that did not watch this game between the Wolves and the Charge. The first one that we're going to go over, I definitely suggest you go to the Iowa Wolves website, take a look at the end of the game, or when we sent out this episode, we actually made a custom gift that shows the play I'm going to be referencing a lot because the Wolves got absolutely screwed at the end of this game. Just terrible officiating, and we're going to get into that. But uh, we'll start with that. So Chris Silva struggles early inside scoring. But Lewis, with the early three, has the Wolves up 5-0. And then as Wright scores, it is 7-0, Wolves on top. Scott gets the first make for the charge. He's able to hit a three. That was definitely a trend in this series. The charge are a fantastic shooting team as far as three-point shooting goes. Silva drives in, gets the foul call, already five rebounds, and he makes the one for two. Wolves up two halfway through the first. Charge on a charge go on a 9-2 run, and the game is now tied at 9 apiece early in the first. A Justin James 3 gets the charge on top by 1 with 5.18 to go. Nemhard 3 gets charged their biggest lead so far of 4. Let me just say, in both these games, he was really, really good for the charge. You know, watching this game in a... Chamunga is a legit big in terms of his size... 
but he just seems very unpolished on both ends. So that's kind of something I definitely want to watch for going forward. How is he going to progress as a player? Because this is these are the this is the first game we've seen him in, at least as far as I know. So I was not able to find any information as to when we got him. Although he did actually play, I forgot about this. He did play in the the game we played against Motor City. So when we played the Motor City squad, that game he did end up playing. Actually, he got his first basket in that game. I Wolves talked about it. So I don't know exactly when they picked him up. But if you look at his Twitter account, for example, the last thing he tweeted before the Iowa Wolves stuff started going out was in August. So he must have been a, a late pickup. And actually on the G League's website, it actually still lists him as being a member of the charge. So I don't know. I found that kind of interesting. I don't know when we got him, but my calls for a, a true big were answered. And again, time will tell if he's able to actually do that. Again, seems a little unpolished on both sides. But I liked Malik Benlevy. You know, it's funny. Ben Levy is listed as a guard. But he was definitely used. He was only 6'5", right? But he was definitely used as more of a, a forward or inside guy in the games that I that, that we've been watching so far in this season. And now Ben Levy's not even playing anymore, which is kind of interesting because I thought he had put in some productive minutes. But obviously the Wolves saw what I was seeing, that we just needed a little more size other than Chris Silva. And now we have that. 6'10". You know, he's a guy that's able to... He's got some... He's big, too. Like, he looks like he's strong. Again, it just needs... He needs to kind of take that next step to me anyways and, and look a little more polished. Uh, Charger up six. They are on a 19-6 run overall. Make it eight. And 21-6 is the advantage uh, in that run. 2.25 to go in the first quarter. Taking advantage of the one-for-two free throw rule and making free throws is a big reason the Wolves are in this game. And that actually played a big role in that second game as well. Isaiah Briscoe is back playing again, which is big to see. He has been playing really well before he didn't play the last two games. Uh, Jordy, three fouls already, and the first quarter isn't even done. That tells you a lot about what you're seeing in terms of him as a prospect or even just as a player in the Iowa system. And again, this is his second game playing for the Wolves, so it's early. It's going to take some time, I think, especially getting into the system, that chemistry with other players on the team. It's, it's not going to happen right off the bat. A Miller putback, though, has the Wolves within 7, 26-19 after 1. Samson playing well as a 3 has them up to 7, and the Wolves back to within 7. The Charge, though, briefly had their biggest lead of 10. Silva up to 8 after a prayer of a make on the post. Silva was good in this game, but sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and this was one of those instances. The Wolves able to get back to within 3, 9 to go. Charge always seem to have the answer anytime the Wolves try to make a run. And it feels like, just like that, it is now back to 10. Canyon Berry played uh, not a ton of minutes, but the minutes he played, he didn't seem productive on either end. Turnovers, not boxing out. He just didn't seem to be that same player we normally see. Something seemed a little off. McKinley Wright is all over, doing it all on offense and defense. Very impressive in this game. Love his effort. Bowen, a couple makes off Wright assists, and it is a two-point game. And then it is tied at 38 as Wright scores off a 1-4-2, doing a good job at being able to draw fouls. Silva continues to impress. He's well on his way to a double-double already in that first half. Wolves back on top, 42-40. Interesting thing I'll mention about this game, and actually games in general, I always find it interesting, the opposing team announcers... When it comes to the main Timberwolves squad, I think there's a lot of opposing announcers that are really, really poor. 
homers are a big thing around the NBA. You see that a lot. That's one of the things that people need to realize. The Wolves are so incredibly fortunate when it comes to the announcing of Jim Pete and Dave Benz. Watching this charge game, so we had the charge announcers, and they were not good. Homers for sure. There was a foul. So McKinley Wright drives in, gets tripped, and you know what the guy says? The announcer goes, oh, he stumbles. But, I, oh, they're going to call a foul, though. No, he didn't stumble. He was tripped. I'm not saying it was on purpose, but come on, man. <laughs> he didn't stumble. He went tried to go between two players, and they tripped him. So things like that are very noticeable in a lot of teams or a lot of away coverages. Wolves, you know, are in this game because they only have one miss at the line. Make your free throws, especially in the G League, and you can stay competitive. A lot of it is getting to the line, of course, but the Wolves have proven they have the ability to do that. Wright, though, unfortunately, had been playing pretty good, but he has a run of rough basketball, makes some poor decisions on both ends, and the charge are now on top, 53-46, to under a minute to go. And 53-48 at halftime, the charge are on top. And it definitely felt like this game was not as close as the score showed. Wolves were somehow able to stay in this one early in that first half. Silva dominating to start the second. A steal and push drive in transition. Absolutely fantastic. And he is up to 15 points. By the way, he finishes this game with 18 points, 17 rebounds. Just a monster game from Chris Silva. Uh, Norvell, four fouls as Silva with a fantastic box out. That's the video you show your team when you say, this is how I want you to box out. This is exactly how it's done. We need more players within the Wolves system that are good at boxing out because you look at even the, the top guy or the top team, the, the main Timberwolves squad, boxing out has been an issue at times. We've seen it here with Iowa. It has been an issue at times. We need more of this. Wolves able to take back the lead, but just like in the first half, the Charge always seem to have an answer with the three, and they are back on top with nine to go. Lots of back and forth in the third. As the announcer says, this one is going to come down to the wire. Wolves, though, back to within one, four to go. And again, charge answer with another three. These guys were fantastic in both games, able to hit from deep. Silva up to 17, and the game is tied. Two to go in the third. Miller missed the free throw prior. Would have tied the game with the one for two, but he missed it. Miller has been solid overall, though. Isaiah Miller, even when he has a game that's not his best, he really seems to shine and really seems to be able to be a positive force on both offense and defense. He's a very high IQ basketball player. That's one of the big things I like about him. The third quarter ends 76-69. to Charger up after a nice run. Wolves miss an ugly wide open three to beat the buzzer. Canyon Barry, a bad turnover early in the fourth. Again, this has just not been his game. He gave the charge an easy bucket there. I don't know what the number is, but I felt like the Wolves to this point had not been effective from three and it seemed to make a big difference they're still down four with eight minutes to go in the fourth Bowen gets the Wolves back to within one with the and one again that's what's really been keeping the Wolves in this game is their ability to get to the line and make free throws Matt Lewis seems to be dialed in on defense and that's something I really want to watch closer because Matt Lewis has been very I want to say up and down this season but mostly it's been down for me I don't feel he's been one of the better players for the Iowa Wolves so I want to watch him closer on the defensive end going forward. Live ball turnovers were an absolute killer for Iowa in this game. And another one gets Newman and the charge an open look from three in transition to push that lead. Barry, another turnover. He just is not helping in this game. It's been so frustrating to watch. Normally, 
a calming presence, a nice veteran who's been with the Wolves organization for a long time, and you're just not seeing it so far in this game. Nemhart with a very tough make through the through a right foul, and Wright gets a T complaining. It was definitely a foul. I just don't have any idea what Wright was thinking here. And in a close game, you can't be giving free points. Charge make the free throw for the for the free point, and now it's an eight-point charge lead with six minutes to go. Miller, a steal and score in transition. He continues to be productive as the Wolves are down just four. Although, of course, another live ball turnover gets Newman a three to push the lead back up again. Canyonberry fell asleep on defense. I just wish they'd take him out of this game. He hasn't been productive. He has not been positive force on either end. Just mistake after mistake. But credit Barry, he's still in the game. Answers back with a three of his own. It's nice to see him make some sort of a positive response to his uh, poor play. Wolves go on a run, and Wright drives and kicks to Bowen, and the three puts the Wolves on top, 91-90. Four minutes to go. Bowen now up to 16 points. Been very impressive in this game. Bowen's been very up and down scoring-wise, but the one thing you always get from him is he rebounds at a high level, and he competes. That's what you want to see, and he does that night in, night out. Now Wright falls asleep, goes under a screen, and Nemhart makes him pay from distance. Defense has been a problem in this game at times. I really wish the Wolves had brought that same fire we see most of the games. Uh, we just did not see it in this game. Miller, though, able to answer from three. He has been so good in this game, especially when you talk about the fact that he made a three. It's just not one of his strong suits. Miller is not a great shooter by any stretch of the imagination. And to be fair, if he was a good shooter, he'd be in the NBA. That's his downfall right now. And then Bowen, also able to score again in transition, and the Wolves are up three with three minutes to go. Bowen then takes a charge as he gets absolutely run over. No call. Gives the charge an easy dunk. Plays like this are so frustrating, and I understand why players get angry about this. Although, again, Isaiah Miller, you actually followed somebody. There's plays like this where I could understand players getting upset at the officials. Come on. Pick and choose, man. Pick and choose. Right again gets screened way too easy. I just don't like the effort that he put in to get through screens. Nemhard gets, Nemhard gets another wide-open three, and he makes it. On offense, though, Wright playing very well, and then Norvell actually fouls out. Silva goes to the line, makes one of two, and it is a four-point game. I say he makes one of two because at this point we had switched over. It was now in the crunch time, and so it is no longer you make one, you get two points. You actually have to shoot both free throws. Kyle Guy answers right back with a super impressive three. I left this series... And I got to say, Kyle Guy's a player. At least he is in the G League. I can't say I've watched a lot of him when he has been in the NBA because I do believe he's gotten some minutes. But he's impressed me here. That's what I'll say. McKinley Wright drives in and misses a lot of contact and no call as the Charger able to push in transition where Silva gets called for a foul after the right push. So it's just kind of frustrating. You just cannot get a break here from the officials. Nemhard makes both, and now the Charger up 48 to go. Wright gets fouled two times where he gets shoved. No call, but Miller, another impressive drive and finish, has the Wolves up one with 28 seconds to go in the game. Wright fouls Nemhard on the drive. Wright mad again, but it's clearly a foul. I, I just don't understand what some of these players are doing in the Wolves organization. Do we need to watch videos? Do they need, need to be shown what they're doing? I just don't understand how you can, can, you can get like that. Uh, Wolves are down one, though, and the game should be tied. But again, that... that McKinley Wright Tech, that looms large at this point. You're down one point, and that's the point you gave them for free. Here's the play, though. Wright 
and this is the play from the game. Wright drives, dishes to a guy in the corner, and then one of the worst calls that you will ever see. They wave off the game-winning three. Bowen is called for a foul. He ran to the lane, and him and a charge player collide. It's two guys running into each other. How can either player be called for a foul? I, I don't get that. Neither have the ball. Neither see each other. And the charge player, if you watch, he just falls over. That's the only difference. Wolves challenge the call, and they review it. They say the call stands. And I got to say, what a crock, because that is absolutely ridiculous to say that this shouldn't be overturned. Watch it. They show it from a different angle and a little slower. The charge player just runs and th- runs into the Iowa player. It was all on the charge player, creates all the contact, and then just he isn't strong enough, so he bounces off of him, and they call the foul. Absolutely ridiculous call. Changes the game. Basically just gives the game to the charge. Wolves should have won this game, and in the end, they don't. The charge number, this is what frustrated me. The charge announcers keep saying the foul's on right. And he isn't even near anybody. And he doesn't touch anyone. So if that's true, then the call's even worse. So I don't, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's what was actually happening. I think this was an instance where the charge announcer, where I talked about before, it just isn't very good. Uh, then the Wolves foul. Nemhard misses, but the charge get the rebound, and they go back to the line. He makes them. It's a three-point game with five left. Samson ends up getting a, an absolutely wide-open shot uh, to end this game. Misses it, unfortunately, and you know that's all she wrote from the corner. Misses it. Wolves lose this one, 107-104, to as the referees take the game. So really frustrating. Again, we are going to send out. Uh, we made a custom gift for this. You can watch it. We'll have it on um, our Twitter feed when we send out for this episode. Keep in mind, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. We are the Howl, your source for all things Timberwolves and Iowa Wolves. Now we're going to jump into the game number two for Iowa Wolves and the Cleveland Charge. Sadly, no right in this game. That's going to make things very, very tough considering they also don't have Bomaro and they still don't have Knight, both who are with the main club. Iowa start with a 24-second violation. Not ideal, but it's also the first time using this starting lineup. Going to be some growing pains, I'm sure. Edwards scores first with a corner three. That would have been nice to see uh, someone make a corner three in that last game, obviously. Make it five straight for him as he has a really nice drive. Iowa, the early 7-2 to two lead. Wolves struggle early on the defensive glass. Good to see success from three early on, though. Didn't have that last game. Silva, a great charge take. Made sure he wasn't in the restricted area, but they call a block. And it wasn't even close to being a block. He was there super early, wasn't in the restricted area. I just don't get it. Gives Nemhard two points and a silver foul. Edwards is a man possessed so far. Seven of the team's 14 points in that first quarter. Already a live ball turnover, unfortunately, and it gives the charge an easy bucket. That was a big issue in game number one, and I'm just hoping it doesn't become an issue here. But again, not only that play, but the next possession, the same thing happens. This is something that the team has to get under control. But of course, missing right, that does make a big difference. Wolves, though, up 18 to 12. Edwards now up to nine points with five to go in the first. Wolves should really be up more, but too much careless play on both ends of the basketball court. Kyle Guy with the most absurd three make to beat the clock. He was one, almost like a post move where he went one direction, spun around, and just tossed it up. Ends up going in. We talk about this with the Timberwolves. Iowa Wolves have it too, apparently. Sometimes the teams we play just get really lucky. A Wolves call a timeout as the charge run gets them within one point. 
And then another circus shot for Kyle Guy has the charge on top and their first lead of the game. Samson, two straight threes from super deep. Super impressive. Love seeing that. Wolves back on top over a minute to go. Samson has shown in games he has the ability to hit the three. You go back to that last game, it's still unfortunate that he missed that three that would have tied it up. Wolves ending the corner strong as they are up 30-23 to with 33 to go. And after one quarter, 30-25 to is the score. Should actually be an even less lead, but Iowa starting off just struggling at the free throw line in that first quarter. Defensive rebounding is still a huge issue in the second. As two straight possessions, Wolves give up second chance threes, and the charge are right back in the game. You know, I talked about earlier in the season wanting more size in this team. But when I'm watching this game early and from the last game, Chimanga, I'm not sure if he's the guy. I, I don't know. Ben Levy had been playing really well. Granted, he does not have the size. Only 6'5". He had been playing kind of that, I guess, uh, you see it sometimes in the NBA when, when teams go small, that P.J. Tucker type role. Because for anyone that's not aware, P.J. Tucker's not a tall guy. But he's strong. And that's what Ben Levy was able to do. So I need Chimanga to be better. He's clumsy, not polished, and he travels a lot, actually. Doesn't get called for it, but if you watch his footwork, he does travel quite a bit. Windler is absolutely on fire for the charge. He has three threes in the quarter. Game is now tied 36 with eight to go. Meanwhile, Norvell Pell, three fouls, and he has to sit for the charge. Windler, as again, this game, the charge are absolutely on fire from three. And just like that, they are up 42 to 36. Samson, however, is... Also able to just dominate from the three-point line. He has three threes already, and all of them really deep, really difficult. We need this kind of shooting every game from him, especially if we're going to miss McKinley Wright for an extended period of time. We need Samson to be able to step up. We need other players to step up. Wolves are one of their own, though, down 45-47. to 47. Charge call a timeout with 4.17 to go in the half. Wolves, honestly, what frustrated me in this game was they were lazy on defense far too often. And the charge are wide open. A lot of these threes they're making absolutely wide open need the team to do a better job of scrambling. Getting to the open guys, moving. These are things that we're seeing the team just isn't doing properly. The Wolves already seven turnovers and the Charge have six points off those turnovers. Matt Lewis is now in foul trouble with three and he sits. Wolves lucky to be not to be, Wolves lucky to be down as little as they are. Charge have been awful shooting free throws. 0 of 5 so far and it has cost them 11 points because one of those was a three-point free throw, and it's a one for three. So now we're talking four one for twos and a five and a fifth, so one for three. That's 11 points. That's made a huge difference. 145 to go, another charge three, and the lead is up to 11. And think about that. If they had those free throws made, this lead is 22 points. So we've been very fortunate. And I got to say, at this stage in the game, I was pretty disgusted with the effort of Iowa in the quarter. Edwards, though, up to 16 points, keeps the Iowa in reach, 54-62 to at the half. Wolves outscored 37-24 to in that second quarter. Just no excuse for that. Taking a look at uh, the gra a graphic to kind of go over some of the statistics uh, in that first half. So both teams shooting well, 54% for Iowa, 52% for the charge, but 5 of 14 from 3 for the Wolves, 10 of 24. So we're talking an additional 15 points for the charge. Charge also leading with rebounds, 24 to 20, and they have a lot less turnovers. Nine turnovers for the Wolves, five for the Charge. Assists are pretty close, 16 to 17, but the Charge, again, are on top with that stat as well. 
Both teams very cold to start the second half. Edwards up to 19 as he gets the scoring going with a three, and the Wolves are back within five. Another bad blocking call goes against the Wolves. Briscoe is clearly frustrated, and I don't blame him. You get there super early, you sacrifice your body, and then you don't get rewarded. I just don't understand what these refs are doing. Goes back to last game. The refs just really have been struggling in this series. Charge more of the same in this second half as they continue to hit three after three, and they build the lead back up to 12, and then make it 14 as the Wolves call timeout with 8.24 to go in the third. Out of the timeout, a turnover, and that's 11 turnovers now already for the Wolves, and another charge three pushes the lead to 17. Very frustrating, and there's a lot to dislike about what's happened in this game. I will say love the effort from Bowen in this game. Even though he has had some issues on both ends, he scores two straight buckets, and he gets a steal. Wolves back to single digits, 73-80 to with four to go. Miller gets it back to five, and he has eight off the putback. Chimanga playing much better this half, has the Wolves back to within three. As the announcer says, Wolves are outworking the charge, the opposite of what we saw in that second quarter. I'll say this, Chimanga is by no means a shot blocker. In fact, I would almost describe him as being the exact opposite of that. If you could be a non-shot blocker, just a guy that doesn't get it, how to, like when to jump, the timing, he just doesn't seem to have that in his bag of tricks right now. Second point or two-point game as Edwards hits the three, and there is a minute to go. So what a comeback for the Wolves here in the third. And then a tough call on Miller. Gets the charge back up five with 32 to go. First free throw make of the game for the charge. That's crazy. You're, you're almost at the end of the third quarter, and they, it's the first time they've made a free throw. And it's not the first time they made it. I believe at this stage they were one of seven. Miller, meanwhile, is absolutely livid as he gets absolutely hammered. No whistle to end the quarter, and the refs tee him up. These refs were, were really bad for multiple stretches in both games. And it's just one of those things. There's not much you can do about it. And I understand the frustration with Miller. But just like we talked about with right in the last game, when the game's this close, you just can't afford to do that. There's just You can't. You just can't do it, bottom line. Charge lead stretched to 11 early in the fourth. Edwards up to 27 points as he hits another three to put the lead back to single digits. Think about this. His previous season high was 15 points, and he has almost doubled that now. Newman answers with an absolutely impossible three, and we have seen this time and time again from the charge in this series. So many different charge players have hit three or more threes. That really sets the that really sets the pace here. It's making it so difficult for the Wolves to compete as they just don't have that same firepower when they're missing right. Bowen drives for the and one. The Wolves are back to within six. Unfortunately, he misses the free throw. Lewis finally gets a three, and just like that, the Wolves are down five with six minutes to go in the fourth. Wolves get the stop then. Silva and Sampson, they have this like weird back and forth where neither one of them can hold the ball. I don't know what was happening. Somehow they lose the ball out of bounds. Fortunate, though, is that Pell gets called for an offensive foul, and that is his fifth. He ends up having to sit there. Lewis takes a stupid shot, and then Guy gets a wide-open three as a result in transition, and the charge are back up eight. And then a fantastic dunk by Silva, who now has 10 points, and then Bowen, a one for two, and just like that, it is a four-point game. Windler, of course, always the answer. T- super tough make in transition. He goes through Silva for a rebound. So incredibly frustrating. Literally just runs Silva over. Silva boxes him out, and they allow him to go over the top. He had position. Doesn't matter. No foul and no charge up eight. These refs, I just, 
I don't know what else you can say. It's just so frustrating to watch. I want to say this to end the game, or as we're getting towards the end of the, the breakdown here, I don't want Isaiah Miller taking threes anymore. He takes an, a shot in transition. It is so ugly. Yes, he's wide open, but the miss was just brutal. Isaiah Miller, until you figure out how to consistently hit from three, I just don't need you taking threes anymore. That's the bottom line. In the game, Wolves at 9 of 23, or sorry, 9 of 28 from three. The charge, 19 of 44. That is a 30-point, I mean, 30-point difference there. It makes a huge difference. And then the charge score another three. Just like that, the lead is 11, and it really felt like that should do it. Uh, Briscoe, by the way, there's this weird stretch towards the end of the game. He's a foul machine. I think he had three fouls on three straight possessions. Then he got a T. It was just weird. And that that was kind of all she wrote. One third. 131 to 118 is the final score. Unfortunately, the the Wolves now on a three-game losing streak. All right, we are jumping now into the Wolves versus Hawks game. Timberwolves time here on the Howl. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Wolves, five straight wins at home going up against the Hawks, three straight wins on the road. Both teams, though, have lost two straight games. No D'Lo in this game as he has ankle soreness. Leo is starting. I was very... Very intrigued as to how Leo was going to play and how the Wolves in general are going to play without D'Angelo Russell. Jump ball gets thrown, and I don't know who else noticed this, but they threw the jump ball. Towns wasn't even ready or set. I don't understand why you would jump the ball. So obviously, Wolves don't win that tip. And on top of that, someone mentioned this. Two of the refs in this game are from Georgia. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Uh, TP starts strong on both ends. He continues his solid play that we've started to see from him. He had that stretch of games where he was really struggling, but ever since then, it's been nothing but good times as far as I'm concerned for Torian Prince. Hawks, though, on fire to start the game from three. Four of four, and they are up 12-6. to six. Another game and another start that Edwards gets the call driving, but my thing is, will it continue? We've seen a lot of games where he gets some calls early on and then doesn't get them the rest of the game. A little frustrating there because generally he's always going to be aggressive. Needs calls, though. Vando misses a basically wide-open dunk. It was such a weird thing. To me, it seemed like it was one of those plays where he kind of got stuck. He jumped up, maybe timed it wrong, and kind of got stuck in between a dunk and a layup. Regardless, it was frustrating, and it is all Hawks early on. They just do not miss, and they are now up 17-8. to Towns gets fouled on a sweep-through. No call, and it actually should have been Collins' second, but... Luckily, it does not hurt them too much. And then the Prince of Threes answers from three and keeps the Wolves engaged. One thing I just want to say is I hate that stupid Trey Young foul thing where he's he's moving and the, the, the defender tries to catch up and then Trey Young stops or he throws his body backwards and gets a foul call. I can't stand that. I don't know who it is. There's probably someone out there that likes watching Trey Young play basketball. I'm definitely not one of those people. Uh, you know, I keep thinking that the Hawks can't keep this type of scoring up, but then they build the lead to 10, and they still can't miss from three. Towns absolutely screams foul as he backs down Collins. Collins gets like, clearly hits Towns on the arm. No call again. Now, that should be three fouls on Collins, but sadly, it's still just one. Leo takes an open shot in transition, and wow, was it ugly. I'm one of Leo's biggest fans, but it certainly felt a little bit like watching Ricky Rubio. At times, Ricky Rubio, one of the big things for him is you could see him hit tons of shots. And then the game starts, and all of a sudden his shot looks different. Doesn't have the confidence. I worry when I see stuff like that from young players. But I've seen enough from Leo to know that 
he knows how to shoot the basketball. It's just a matter of time, I think, before he gets it kind of all put together. And to think about this, he just kind of gets thrown in the starting lineup. He hadn't been playing major minutes before that. How about this? You want to talk about Leo's miss. The Wolves, five layup misses already. A big part of why they are down early in this game. With three minutes to go in the first, changes are made. Sadly, J-Mac is now in. And sadly, the Hawks' bench is also on fire now. And the lead is up to 13. Towns is absolutely angry at the officials. But so far, he's channeled it into really solid play. No teammates have joined him in this game, unfortunately. Wolves down 33-24 to after the first. Hawks already nine threes. They are well on their way to definitely setting season high. And you look, uh, Wolves down, again, early into the second as well. Missed free throws start to loom their head as Nas misses two in a row. Second quarter hasn't slowed the Hawks at all, including Lou Will, who despite shooting poorly on the year, also feels some of that heat. TLC, nine total threes on the season, and he already has three in this game. For anyone that isn't aware, I'm one of TLC's biggest fans. I wanted him in that draft. I think he probably could have been better if he had gone to a better situation. But ultimately, he's proven to be a solid role player, and he's absolutely dominating in this game. Hawk's ball movement at times was incredible. Didn't matter how well the Wolves scrambled, the Hawks just seemed better prepared or always had that extra pass to get that open guy. Lead is now up to 15. As good or bad defense doesn't seem to matter, Hawks never miss. Meanwhile, the Wolves cannot hit any shots. Beasley and J-Mac both didn't get to play much, it seemed. Surprising on Beasley, but he also didn't really impact the game, and we're down big. So I understand at that point, Akogi shooting threes is not helping. We talked about this in the Iowa coverage. Isaiah Miller shooting threes doesn't help. Both those guys, right? They're coming in. They're great defensive players, but they're not going to give it you much on offense from three. And so I, it's just frustrating when we see a Kogi shooting not just one, but multiple threes. Hawks on pace to destroy the NBA record as it's 29 threes, and he, they already have 11 threes with nine minutes to go in the second. Think about that. Basically three full quarters. They, good to see Nas three to hit the shot. Why was a Kogi in? And why was he shooting from three? I just had so many questions at this stage in the game. And then the lead is now up to 17, as the Wolves look like they don't even belong in this game. Hawks came into this game 26th in the league in three-point attempts. What? How is that even? If you watch just this game, you'd think that no team in the NBA shoots more threes. Leo then misses a three, and the form is just wonky. I don't even know what's happening. It's not the same shot that I'm used to seeing when I watch Leo play. Towns drives and scores, gets shoved to the ground by Capella, and no call, and Towns is clearly in some pain. Cat drives again, gets the call, misses the shot, more free throws uh, missing, but Towns up to 13-7 and seven and 3 as the lone positive player in this game. Towns drives a third time, seems to be a lot of contact. He falls again, really doesn't look good. He seems like he's in a lot of pain. Trey Young is being guarded by Leo. He basically punches Leo in the face, in a what they're calling a shot. One of the worst calls that I have seen in recent memory. Not as bad as the call in the Iowa Wolves charge game, but it's bad. Refs, to me, clearly don't care about the rule changes that were made in this offseason. We challenge, and I, I remember saying to myself, if we don't win this challenge, the NBA has to answer for this. As Ben says, it is abrupt and unnatural. But yeah, guess what? Unsuccessful challenge. All I can say is wow. And then Pat, Pat Bev gets teed up. And I'll say this, ball doesn't lie. Add Trey Young to the list of players that I just do not enjoy watching. 
I'm sure other people agree with this. And feel free to comment. You can send us messages at the Howl Radio. You can hit me up at the Sports Min. I, I'm, I just can't, I can't watch Trey Young and, and enjoy what I'm seeing. I don't like players that don't just play the game. I don't need these guys that are trying aggressively to get foul calls or manufacture fouls. I don't like that. Townsmeal gets called for a foul for standing and doing absolutely nothing on Capella. He's speechless, as it's just, it's just that absurd. Capella bumps Towns and then flops. I just hate this. The Hawks, so frustrating to watch. Edwards, wide open three, or wide open from three. He passes it up and then throws the ball away. Edwards is just uh, on a little bit of a stretch right now where he just doesn't seem to have that confidence. And five straight points, though, after that. Hawks cooling off from three, and the Wolves, you know, they're down only, as I say, quote-unquote, 15. And, surprisingly, no rebounds to this point in the game. Fans boo Trey Young, and uh, I would too, as he absolutely flops. It's it's a common thing, I guess, when you're watching Trey Young and the Hawks. Uh, Edwards gets fouled on a drive, no call, but Towns fouled on the putback as he falls to the ground, a la Blake Hoffarber, makes the shot and the free throw. It's a lot of work to still be down at 15 points with under a minute to go. The lead is down to 13 as Towns pushes after he already got his double-double and Vando with the putback. Wolves get the stop to end the half and have a little momentum and somehow are only down 13. Shocking to me as I watch this game that they're only down 13. They just weren't, they didn't seem to be on the same level. Uh, Looking at the stats here, Wolves shot 39.8%. That's not getting the job done. Meanwhile, over on the other side, the effective field goal percentage for the Hawks, 53%. Wolves, though, 10 points off turnovers to just 9 for the Hawks. Sorry, eight for the Hawks, so it's still pretty close there. And then second chance points, seven to the Hawks, four. Free throws, exactly the same in terms of shots, but not makes. We're 9 of 13, and the Hawks are 11 of 13. So kind of let that sink in. Leo misses a three to start the second. He is now 1 of 6 in the game. He had a couple tough misses inside, but they weren't easy shots by any means. They were put-back shots. I, I just like that he's being aggressive on the glass. So we'll take that part of his game. But overall, I think you watch this, and you do say that this was a little bit of a disappointment game as far as Leo and getting his first start. Hawks on fire again as they start the second half. Capella, meanwhile, pushes Carl in the back to grab a rebound. I guess that's allowed now. Uh, But Vando with a fantastic save, and he has been the answer early in the third on both ends. Lead down to 11 as Towns with an impressive drive, but Leo is clearly banged up. Grabbing at his knee, I think it was his left knee, something happened. I watched back a few possessions, and I did not see it. So he was playing with this pain for a, a, a for a while. I don't know what caused it, but, you know, it's unfortunate because you're talking about a guy that is so incredibly important to what you're trying to build, and you're missing D'Lo, and you're missing Noel, who's out with back, back spasms, I believe is what it was. So just a kind of an interesting ordeal and really unfortunate for the Wolves, who are already shorthanded. You know, it looks like the Hawks are legitimately trying to beat that record. They now have 16 threes. They are on an 8-0 run, and they are now up 19. And this was the point, and this is pretty early in the game to say this, but this was the point where I kind of felt like the game might be over. Towns screaming again as he is just begging for a foul call, and he gets pulled. Uh, Wolves down 15 after a Beasley 3 with 3 minutes to go in the third. J-Mac has had some positive plays in this game. Wolves down just 13 after he scores on a nice transition drive. If he has to play, he just has to be productive. He has to not make mistakes. 
That has not been the case most of this season. Jang ends the Wolves' run as he hits a prayer three, and that is now 18 team threes. This is absolutely unreal as I'm watching this unfold. And then make it 19 threes, and it is a 19-point game. Absolutely incredible how effective the Hawks were from three. Beasley, though, five straight to answer, and the Wolves are still down 15. And let me say, I really enjoyed, for anyone that watched this game, or if you didn't watch it, if you can watch back, Craig Kilborn, clearly number one. He's a very good Wolves fan, true, a true Wolves fan, a Minnesota guy uh, born, and very good, by the way, at doing the kind of a color or a play-by-play type action. He's very, very well-versed in Timberwolves and Timberwolves lore. Loved having him on the telecast. 21 threes now for the Hawks, and they're up 18 after the third quarter. Towns is back in to start the fourth. He gets a stop and a three, and the Wolves are back down 15. TLC up to 20. Think about this. His season high was 12. So forget the fact that he's hitting every three imaginable. He's now blown his season high out of the water. It's clear watching this game and watching what you've seen from Jaden as he's back now, he's rusty. Also, if, you didn't, if anyone that didn't realize this, he has lost all the weight that he had in the offseason. So it wasn't even a lot of weight to begin with. It was 10 pounds. Gone. The sickness that he got really uh, beat him up. And it's going to take some time. I definitely think so. And also, when we talk about trades, how does that affect his trade value? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what it's going to end up being. But it's a little frustrating there. Not much you can do, though. Uh, adding in frustration, J-Mac hurting us again as he is just too small. He's getting absolutely dominated by TLC. But unfortunately, we have no options as everyone is hurt. You could pull J-Mac and you could go with Ant as the primary ball handler, but Ant wasn't super effective in this game. It's tough to say what the really the right course was. Playing J-Mac may have been our best option. Jang, by the way, how about this? 3 of 3 from 3. He had been on the season 4 of 17. Time and time again, the Wolves play a team where a player outshines anything they've done previously, or they break cold streaks. I don't know what it is about the Wolves, but teams see the Wolves on the calendar, and all of a sudden, everyone becomes just all-star caliber. It's crazy. The Wolves are down 20 points now with nine minutes to go in the fourth. Beasley hits another three. Maybe the positive from this game, if you're going to take anything from it, is Beasley hopefully getting back on track with his shot. Wolves starting to hit threes, but it's too little too late. At least it feels that way, as they're still down 16. Hawks still on fire, unfortunately. Now 23 makes. And TLC, a new career high, seven three-point makes. I believe his career high previously was six. And it definitely wasn't this season, that's for sure. Beasley hits again from three. As he is feeling it, the Wolves are down 13 somehow. 14 team makes, which is by no means bad. But when you compare it to the 23 by the Hawks... That's a difference of 27 points. You're talking about the difference in this game. Out of the timeout, Wolves get a stop, then another Threesley site. He is on fire, and the Wolves are down just 10 points. But it's short-lived as Collins hits the three, and then Beasley takes really a stupid shot. He's kind of in the corner. He's not even remotely open. He's basically double-teamed. The shot had no chance of going in. Beasley, though, gets a transition dunk, and when I all I can say when this happened was, wow, this was impressive and I loved that Beasley was doing what we couldn't get other guys to do they are down 11 points with three minutes to go Wolves get the stop but the ref comes in to change the call to Hawks ball which I thought was the right call and then a turnover and unfortunately that is all she wrote Wolves end up losing this one
Final score in this one, 121 to 110. Unfortunately, it just was not meant to be. Let's take a look at the box score here. Who was good? Who was bad? Carl Towns obviously was really your best player. 11 of 24 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. You love to see that. 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Uh, you'd like it to be a little better. That's only 71%. On the season, that wouldn't be good if that's how you shot. But ultimately, not everyone's going to make every shot. You know, Carl Towns adds in 16 rebounds and 6 assists to go along with those 31 points. How about Jared Vanderbilt? He was a plus 2 in this game. One of the only players. So the two players... Well, I guess if you want to throw in J-Mac as well, I guess he was also a positive. But Vando, Beasley, and McLaughlin were all our plus players. Although, let's not pretend that J-Mac was, some, was some great player in this game. Uh, but Jared Vanderbilt, 6, but 13 rebounds. Love to see that. He's been so effective uh, in that aspect. And how about 20 from Edwards? It was not efficient, but I'll take the 7 assists and the 2 steals. The surprising thing for me was the 1 rebound. That was was pretty shocking to me. Of course, when you have Bomaro in the game, he's going to be looking for more rebounds. Sometimes that can take away a little bit. And we and I don't know for sure offhand what ended up happening with Leandro Bomaro. I don't know if he's a player that is going to be missing any sort of extended time. He did never come back in. He didn't come back into the game after he had that injury that that obviously he was dealing with. Well, some sort of a looked like a, a leg injury or a knee injury, I should say. I don't know what ended up being the final outcome there. I have not seen his name on any injury reports. So hopefully that means he's fine. He just maybe got a little banged up. Maybe it was one of those things where he knocked knees. I don't know. But ultimately, I do think it sounds like he's going to play in this game or in this next game. The Wolves, of course, are taking on the Utah Jazz. We are seven-point underdogs at home. So that's a little unfortunate. I don't know if I can say the Wolves win this one. If I'm going to make a guess... I think they lose a close one. I think they put up a fight. I think they cover. So I think if you're going to make a good bet, I think a good bet could be for the Wolves to cover. So take the Wolves plus seven, if that's still what the line was. That was on DraftKings uh, Sportsbook app that I saw the plus seven for the Wolves. So ultimately, I do think that they cover, but they lose. It wouldn't shock me if they won, but given that Delo is likely not playing, Papev coming back, though. That is going to make a huge impact. And you know Papev, after he missed those games, is going to come back with fire. I mean, he got a T last game from the bench, not even playing. So to me, he's a guy that's going to shine, and the Wolves are going to, I think, lose a close one. But it wouldn't shock me if they do find a way to win. And who knows? Maybe we get lucky and D'Lo plays. It just doesn't seem that likely. So that's where I'm looking with that. That's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, for anyone that didn't catch the beginning of this show, we are now members of the Off The Ball Network. So thank you to all the Off The Ball guys, especially Chris LeBron, for letting us be a part of this amazing network of shows, people, a lot of which are on the Nothing But Net channel. So this is a very good partnership, and we are very pleased here on The Howl to be able to be a part of the Off the Ball Network.